Anime Roadshow, episode number 403. My name is John Morgan. Cold coffee is with me, just gulping down a big bottle of water as he tries to keep his hydration sound. He's he's uh, listening to the sage advice of one <sighs> Dustin Poirier and staying hydrated out there. Got to stay hydrated. It's a desert out there. You got to stay hydrated. <laughs> but no, it's funny because I just was trying to cram some food down before uh, we got on this. And I put like the, this, uh, there's this condiment called chili crisp. Um, chili crisp. A lot of times I'll see it. I'll see it like on uh, Facebook ads or whatever, but it's like a uh, little crunchy, like chilies and other little stuff. You can find the condiment in the, like the, all the Asian supermarkets, mm. but I, I put a little too much. So it was kind of stuck in the back <laughs> of my throat. So I had to wash that down real quick or that would have, uh, that would have killed me here shortly. But, I'll, um, I'll be honest with you. But yeah, man. Yeah. I'm not familiar with chili crisps. I'm not familiar with that. It sounds like it, it sounds like something I might need to get in my life. The greatest thing, chili crisp oil. Uh, I mean, there's different other ones. I mean, there's like chili oil, but a lot of times chili oil uh, is just like sesame oil or something like that with like that has like been infused with chili. But like the chili crisp oil, and there's different little names for different ones out there. Sometimes I'll see like different commercials on Facebook and stuff, but it is the best thing ever uh it's just so it's a killer condiment that you could put on like everything and just makes everything better um eggs spaghetti meat uh i wouldn't put it on a salad but but i bet you could put it on a salad <laughs> but yeah it's so good it's so good it's cold coffee's culinary road show yes just <laughs> i don't i don't recommend it right before you hop on a podcast because it should get stuck in the back of your throat well, there's jokes to be made there, but we'll leave those alone. Uh, listen, yeah. <laughs> the, today the, was a whole day, and Sean Strickland set the mood for that. Today was a whole bunch of uh, sexual innuendos and everything going on today. I, I mean, my goodness, I was not able to attend the UFC Fight Night 216 Media Day, but I was one of the viewers in your live stream audience as I was watching everything happen, as I was getting some things done around the house, got to get all caught up, I'm actually heading out in the morning to Atlantic City for CFFC 116 and just had a bunch of stuff that needed to be taken care of, so couldn't make it. But yes, I did want to ask you about Sean Strickland because uh, the man came in, set the tone, did about a, a, a half-hour stand-up routine. I mean, this dude should really consider going on stage and just, just doing some crowd work. I don't even think he needs, like, material. I think he just needs to go out there and just straight crowd work. Dude roasted everyone. I think I'm the me and I think Amy were the only ones that kind of got unscathed. Uh, I I half assumed I was like, okay, what's he gonna say about me? You know, but because he literally started right off the bat with Oscar, then he went at Alan about his ears. He went off on uh, uh, Alex uh, his uh, tattoos. Uh, he was good to Amy. Uh, I don't know if he. I don't know if Amando jumped in, or I'm sure he would have went on him. So when it got to me, I was like, okay, what's he gonna say? And he didn't actually say anything. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, maybe he gave me the benefit from recognize me around uh, extreme. He was like, oh, I have to see this guy again soon. So I don't want to roast him too bad. <laughs> That was uh, definitely it. He's like, I don't want to uh, go with that guy. I saw him working hard at the train altar program uh, over there. We're not throwing that hands. I wouldn't say. I doubt it was that. I think it's more like this guy will come hunt me down and slash my tires kind of look or something. <laughs> uh, but no, he went He went hard straight from the get-go. And it was just like sometimes, you know, uh, I always you always kind of know what you're going to sort of get with Strickland, but you never know to what sort of degree. And today he just went hot and heavy right from the right from the bat. He was like calling Oscar gay, asking about his gay lovers. And then he was saying like how he saw two gay guys 
and he thought it was going to be immediately a romance novel or a romance movie or something. It just made me at that point I was that that posed a whole other bunch of questions. I was like, I don't want to go down this route with Sean, but yeah. I was like, this this poses a lot of questions. Where his head's at on and different other stuff. But yeah, I mean, he was. Uh, you know, and it's funny because we we always say time and time again, like the guy's a, he's a nice guy. You know, he just gets in this mode and these moods, and and just kind of like you almost feel like you have to be like, trust me, he's not as bad as he is. You know, he just sort of goes off, and at some point you're like, do I feel like I have to defend this guy? You know, but he he certainly. I like Sean, but man, some days he makes it hard for you to justify or try to defend because he just, he's, a, he, I guess he blanketly sort of attacks everybody in every sort of group. Um, but today, man, yeah, he came in fired up and it was crazy because he was the first person in there. So it was like, I was like, how can you be this amped up? And I wouldn't say angry because nothing, nothing that he says comes across as like angry. Like I have anger and I must bash different groups. I think he just gets on this tangent and he just feels like this could be an awkward situation. You know, nobody likes to get in, in front of people and do public speak. So how can I push away the eyeballs? Let me just lash out and say all this crazy shit that maybe people won't ask me the hard hitting stuff. Maybe people just want to get away with, you know, you know, hoping they just get away without getting roasted or something, which is kind of what it does turn into. You see these journalists sort of be like, Fuck, I want to ask a real question, but he's talking about my ears and saying my ears are big, you know, and, you know, it's just it's just crazy. But I mean, it was just it was sort of crazy that it was the very first person that we saw. It was just like, OK, is this going to set the trend for the re- how the rest of the day is going to go? You know, well, it's the weirdest thing with Sean, right, because I, some of the things he says are 100 percent completely indefensible, right? Like, it's just not. Yeah. It's just not something that should be said. But as you said, it's weird because it doesn't feel like it comes from a hateful place or an angry place right. or whatever. And and I really do like hearing from him. And I like the guy. But as you said, I just I, I'm always torn on Sean Strickland because I wonder what his popularity upside really can be. Because again, I don't think he's a bad dude, and he's you know a, a pretty exciting fighter. I mean, he fights in a fan-friendly style. I love the fact, and I actually believe him, that he's like, I don't watch any tape. I really don't have a game plan. Uh, I love, in fact, what Jared Cannonier said, like, you know, I, I don't believe that his coaches don't have a game plan, but I don't know if, if he right. has a game plan or not. But anyway, I, <laughs> right. I, I just say all that to say, like, I, I'm, I'm highly entertained by Sean Strickland, both as a fighter and, a, and as a character, but at the same time, he does say some things that you just know can't be said and aren't easily digestible by the public. And so I just kind of wonder where ultimately his star power can go and how much the UFC worries about that. Because the dude, if you put, if you put a microphone in front of him, a camera in front of him, like he's going to say some dumb shit at some point, like basically is what it boils down to. But but I don't think he's a bad dude overall. Yeah. And you know, what's kind of funny at the very end. We're not funny. It's just one of the things that came out, you know, like, when you have these interviews, you never know what's going to happen. You know, you know one thing that uh, some crazy shit's going to come out of his mouth. But every once in a while, you get these gems that sort of works themselves out. And this is why I say, like, you know, you wonder sometimes that it, it's a self-defense mechanism where he's pushing away. Because at the very end, you know, like when Amy, I think, was like, uh, uh, wow, you didn't, you didn't go hard at me. Or, or I thought you would say something. And maybe this was after the camera sort of stopped rolling. Um, you know, he had said, well, you know, maybe it does boil down to like my father, you know, my father used to give me a bunch of shit. And then I started like, 
it, in a sense, I forget, I don't want to paraphrase and say the wrong fucking thing, but it was almost like his father messed him up. And wow. a lot of how he is now is because of shit that his father did. And so that kind of, you know, these little things, you know, and you could talk as much trash. I might say talking shit about your ears or talking about this, this, this. But then you get this little gem of why he is possibly the way he is that sort of slips out. And that if he probably, you know, maybe he didn't mean it or maybe there's a part of him that wants people to understand, hey, you know, I say all these crazy shit, but, you know, there might be a reason behind it, you know. And when I asked him about the teammate, you know, wanting to be, you know, a good teammate and which is more important to you, whether, you know, you're a champion or whether you're winning or the, the respect of your peers. And even when it's so far as to say, like, yeah, I mean, I, I might say some crazy shit and I might say this, this, this. But ultimately, he wants to be that good person for his friends. He wants to take care of uh, the people that are around. He wants to be there for them. But part of that and part of, I guess, off to the side there's other issues and there's other things that maybe he's dealt with in his life that have caused him to use this weird sort of self-defense mechanism that caused him to be so jarring to where people are almost like, Oh, I can't take this guy. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I just can't deal with him. I'm going to walk away. And maybe that's what he's hoping for, you know, is that, you know, well, if I push more people away, I don't have to deal with people. I don't want to have to talk. Some people just don't like talking to people. Some people would rather just be physical, you know, which is probably why the fight game was a wonderful career for him, you know, where he's like, I don't want to talk about my feelings. I'd rather you punch me in my face or I'd rather punch you in my face. I don't have to deal with these thoughts and feelings, you know? So he certainly chose the right uh, occupation, but you can't take it away from the fact of the unanimous sort of messages from his teammates that we always hear. And every teammate yep. that is trained with him gives him credit for why they do the things that they're able to do when it comes time for them to fight. It's the work that he does for them and the, the work yep. that he pushes him through. And they're always like, this guy's here for me. This guy pushes me, whatever. This is just this weird sort of other side angle of him that we see that can be very off-putting and jarring. But somewhere deep down in there, there is a reason for this. And But we've also been lucky enough to at times see that he does. I you know, And it's going to sound so weird when I say he does seem to have a good heart. <laughs> You know, it just, so. unfortunately, you know, we hear all this other shit that a lot of people think like, man, this guy could be a real piece of shit, but I don't really think that he is. Uh, I just think that the way he would rather deal with some situations is to be so spectacularly jarring and off-putting that it forces people away from really pushing further into him. Maybe it's just a, a self-defense mechanism where I'd rather, you know, in his mind, he's like, I'd rather just have the close friends that I have that understand me and realize that this is just my talk. You know, just like what we used to say about Colby. Colby used to always put on this act, you know. Um, granted, this would be one hell of a crazy act that, that Sean's <laughs> doing, but a lot of the people that um, go to bat for him and say that this guy is a great teammate and a great whatever, like Chris Curtis, all these guys, I respect those cats. Mm -hmm. um, I've never seen anything come out of their mouth to think that, oh, okay, they're cle clearly clueless on what makes a good person. Right. You know, this guy's been in the trenches. He's done the work. You know, I just think a lot of times this is a, a sh I hate to say a show because I think this has built into his personality, but there's definitely got to be reasons why it came up. It's just, it's so off-putting at times, but sometimes I, I, it's hard to not laugh at some of the shit. If there was a bit of playfulness in everything that was said today against every journalist in there yep. who was able to sort of push back that it was fun, you know, to kind of hear everybody sort of get roasted. But when they would push back, 
he was just like it was almost like it became like a playful sparring situation and i think that's what he hopes to get in some of these things i don't think he ultimately wants to hurt somebody's feelings um maybe there are times he does but i just think sometimes he's looking for that sparring that playful spar to come back he's he's like i'll bust your chops now your turn bust my chops you yep. know and that's and you hear the same thing from bobby green bobby green's like he stole my stick he yeah. said i used to piss him off i would always talk all this trash and then he would i would get him so mad he'd get pissed and he's like now he stole my game you know and so bobby was another one that was great today but um yeah i mean to have sean come in there right from the get-go and just went straight at oscar it was so it was it was pretty pretty hilarious and oscar had some good ones in there like you know when when sean wanted to start talking about comparing himself to porn stars i was like oh my god you're just teeing it up bro you're just teeing it up for us you know, and then Oscar ended with the classy, you know, well, you, you both take shots to the face. And I think we all but about lost it at right. that point. Like, what <laughs> yeah, what are like, we doing here? What are we doing? What are we doing here? <laughs> so it was pretty it was wild. Awesome. It was. It, 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 it was pretty entertaining. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. It's, uh, again, some of the things he says are a little uncomfortable at times. And, and again, some of them can't are indefensible at times. But it is actually pretty entertaining. I think the dude really could literally do comedy. Uh, meanwhile, Jared Cannonier. Yeah. Is is kind of the the flip side of things, right? Like Jared, Jared is is oftentimes a tough interview because you you know he doesn't like to talk about basic stuff. I mean, he says he admits that he hates it when he's getting asked repetitive questions. Repetitive have, questions, yep. And and that's just part of what comes along with fight week is repetitive questions because you're having to talk to so many different outlets and so many different even pieces within the UFC machine. You know, you've got dot com, you've got social, you've got whatever. You know, so you do have to answer repetitive questions, but. I will say, I thought Cannoneer kind of showed some some pretty good insight, some class, man. You know, talking about, hey, don't talk bad about Israel Adesanya. You know, he, you know, he did what he had to do to me. Uh, you know, yep. he, he did all the smart things, but talked about, you know, the importance of, you know, why he is trying to fight so quickly again after that and getting bad. I thought he had a great point where he's like, man, I don't know what some of these other guys do. You know, when they fight for the title and they take a bunch of time off, he's like, I wanted to get right back into it. I don't know. I thought I thought Jared was in a really good place today too, because sometimes he's a tough interview, uh, but it seems like he was good to you guys and and, and sharing some insight and, and just saying, hey, man. I know what happened last time, but I'm still on this path, and, and I know I'm right there. I win here, and, and I'm right back up at the top of the division. I agree with you 100%. He came in, you know, just sort of relaxed and calm and cool, and, uh, uh, you know, that certainly bodes well for where his headspace is. You're right. He's always sort of quiet and reserved and almost feels like you're pulling teeth to get him out, uh, yeah. you know, to, to actually vocalize what's in his thoughts. But, yeah, I mean, he seemed – like, uh, you know, he was very, very, you know, uh, just centered about this event. But also, you've got to think his last event was as big as it gets, you know. And then to step back in to have another fight back in a main event, you know. But to, you know, knowing that his last fight was, you know, going for a championship didn't didn't end how, it wa how he wanted. But, uh, you know, this probably feels like a nice, easy week for him. You know, it's here at the Apex. It's no real big crowd, you know. And there was maybe eight of us in the media room today as opposed to a big old you know t-mobile media day or something crazy right um but also too maybe you know it's uh, you know you got to think that you know his opponent you know and being comfortable and maybe him thinking that you know he understands what sean's gonna bring to the fight that he's just coming into this fight week feeling completely calm and cool like there's no surprises 
I think uh, there maybe was just maybe some of that internal doubt. And why wouldn't you have any uh, have some when you're going against a guy like Israel, you know, and especially going for the belt? You know, you feel like you're going to. I would probably be uneasy as, you know, every, and even if you tried to act calm and cool, it's probably not going to read that way, you know, but yeah, there was just something today, man. He just felt like he was a man on the mission. Um, I think this opponent is a perfect opportunity for him to get back in there and, uh, um, you know, just show what he's capable of. And, uh, yeah, I mean, but he was great. And I mean, he gave good answers as well. And just like I was telling you before we started recording, I mean, like, Next thing I know, when I looked at after and I pulled the card and stuck in my computer, it was like 21 minutes. I was like, how the hell did we get Jared to talk for 21 minutes? I'm like, that's crazy. Like, we never get him to talk that long. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I felt like he was in a good space, too. And uh, that that bodes well, I think, for, for Saturday night. You know, we got two guys that are that are confident, that are coming in here ready to, you know, sort of right the ship. And, uh, you know, I think it's a... It, Maybe it wouldn't have been a, a fight that I was thinking about at the beginning of the year, thinking like, oh, man, could this be the fight that ends the year, you know, and give us that last big, you know, fight. But, you know, the more that I see when we get close to this and knowing the stories of both these guys and know what these guys do, I did. I'm kind of I'm kind of into it. I'm kind of into it being, you know, the last UFC fight that we're going to see this year. Yeah, you know, it, it really is. And I think it's perfect matchmaking because of um, exactly what you said. You know, both these guys kind of just had a recent fall, but they're up at the top of the division. They both need this to kind of get back to where they are. The loser is not going to be out of the top ten, but they're going to be a few steps down from getting, you know, to a title shot or back to a title shot in Jerry Cannonier. So I love it. But stylistically, I, I like it too. And let me just say one thing about Jerry Cannonier before I forget. I loved the answer that he gave when somebody, I don't know who it is, I apologize, asked him about Sean's trash talking, and Jared was like, if he's talking in there, I'm not doing oh, something yeah. right. And I love that, man. I thought that was such a If yeah. I'm giving him time to talk to me, then I'm not doing something right. And I thought that was great. But I'm in, that might I, have been me. Was it you? Well, there you go. You, you, you're, you're right, I said it to somebody. I said something to somebody about their trash talking. Maybe it was Jared. Maybe it was me. It could be somebody else. I know I said that to somebody. No, just take credit uh, for it. Oh, no, no, no. I was talking to Jared. I was talking to Drew Dober. Oh, okay. Never mind. I won't, I won't take somebody else's thunder. <laughs> I, I was asking Drew Dober because, I mean, that's another one. I mean, like, who's going to talk better trash in a fight? Is it going to be Bobby Green or is it going to be Sean Strickland? Who do you think is going to talk? Oh, man. Bobby Green is right? definitely going to be talking, dude. Bobby Green. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Green. I think, so. I think so, too. I think Sean will say some – if Sean uh, starts having his way and maybe get some good shots and sort of rocks Jared, I could see him talking. Bobby, whether he's getting rocked or rocking somebody, I think he'll be talking oh. trash, you know. Oh, no matter Outside what. Outside of Kevin Holland, Bobby Green has got to be – the guy that uses his mouth the most when he's in there has to be easily between those two. I'm sure, like, as Bobby Green, if you were to knock him out cold, like, as he was going out, he'd still be yapping at you. You know what I mean? That's... He'd, be, he'd be snoring and talking <laughs> shit while he was like, he'd be like, ah, fuck you, motherfucker, you suck. <laughs> That's so true. All right, so let me get your thoughts real quick because I do want to talk about Bobby Green among some of these other things. But let me get your thoughts on this fight. If you, if you, I believe you've clinched up the championship from what I understand, right? Because I, I, uh, I don't think we're going to uh, pick on the Risen card because we're considering that I think a Risen card as opposed to a Bellator. Right. So we don't typically pick the Risen one. So this is the last one. So there's six uh, six fights on the main card. I'm up by seven. Wow. I could 
I could literally lose all of them, and I pretty much got it. So I think I got it on. I think I got it on clinch right History now. History is first made. First two-time champ. History first two-time champ, dog. Hey, that is awesome, man. Congratulations. That, that is so wild. I appreciate all, that. All the history and all the staff and personnel we've had at MMA Junkie, and it's cold coffee that gets it done as the first <laughs> two-time winner in the history of the MMA Junkie staff pick. So, uh, well, you know, I. I, I you know, I will say I think I won it the very first year that I was in. So if there was ever some, uh, some you know, foreshadowing of the possible greatness, I won't say that me and Tom Brady are are, are neck and neck yet, <laughs> but uh, but I'm I'm on the way. I'm on the way. That's what that's 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 the picture I put on my wall, and I said you got to be better than him. Hey, be better than him. And that's <laughs> and that's an MMA roadshow three peat right there, baby. Right? That is. Come on now. It's, we- that's that's some balling. I, it's funny because like uh, I'll see more besides uh, the bots that I get on Twitter that I thought uh, Elon was gonna fix. I see more and more uh, random guys that do gambling f- starting to follow me on Twitter. I'm like, well, they must be seeing something. That's They're hilarious. Something. I love it. All right. Well, knowing that, laying out the expertise that is be, you know get, be coming from you. Do you have a thought on this? Because I'll tell you what, man. I mean, the, the odds, it's basically a pick em, and I and I completely agree with yeah. that. I mean, this to me is an evenly matched fight. I do wonder, you know, and, and Jared talked about it a little bit today when he was talking about uh, the fight with Adesanya. He <laughs> said, listen, you know, I do like the counter. You know, that's what I prefer to do. I want somebody, yeah. you know, to come at me, and I'll time them, and I'll – well, Sean Strickland's going to come at you, right? Like, Sean Strickland is not going to have that's patience. It. He's not going to be out there, well, I know I can't, you know – Israel Asanya, yes, it didn't make for an exciting fight, but that's why he wasn't opening up because he knew what was coming back yep. in terms of counters. Sean Strickland, I mean, he did it to Alex Pajeda. He's going to do it to Jared Cannonier. Um, and yep. so I just wonder, you know, is it a matter of just, I mean, does Sean play perfectly into Jared's strengths or does Sean, you know, is he quicker to the punch and, and does he get it done? So, dude, I'm, I, in my head, I, I'm going back and forth on this. I, think, I mean, uh, it's a pick em to me 100%, and I don't know which way to lean. I mean, I think you're completely right. I mean, uh, Sean is going to push the pace. I mean, like, Sean's going to dictate the pace. I mean, I think he could be counterpunched, you know, for four rounds straight. And in that fifth round, he's still going to be walking forward trying to push the pace. <clears throat> but you're right. I mean, I think, Jared, when it comes down to it, I think that counterpunch is going to be what's there for him. And I think the ability to get Sean on the ground is going to be part of the difference. And I think when it comes to who's going to have maybe a little bit more edge to – Get that get their opponent to the ground should they need to. Um, I don't think Sean, even if Sean was losing, Sean's not going to want to try to attempt a takedown. I think he wants to stand and just stay mm-hmm. uh, stay throwing. I think Jared has that ability to get Sean down and just sort of you know uh, hold him down a little bit. So in my pick, as much as um, I think I wouldn't be upset if Sean did win, I did lean Jared on this one. I just felt like yeah. he had a little bit more um, tools. Um, when it came to getting the fight possibly, you know, up against the cage, just being a little bit heavier, you know, kind of like that Neil Magny style where it just sort of controls the opponent up against the cage, you know. And if he can stop Sean from being able to move and being able to throw, that's just going to weigh him down. I mean, I granted, we just saw a fight where apparently um, control doesn't really get you the, the score, <laughs> you know. Uh so I, you never you, you never know what's going to happen with that. But I did I did uh, lean towards Cannoneer in this one. I just when in, in my head I just felt like he, besides having great bits of power, um, I just think if Sean gets blindly in that point where he just wants to come forward and wear you down, if Jared can get some good shots off and start hurting him, 
He just needs to hurt him enough to then just get control of him and get him down and just take time. Um, so that's that's where I leaned in this one. I went I went Jared on that, and I uh, I can't remember how the rest of the staff picks went, but I think Cannoneer probably is going to be the the favorite out of uh, the junkie staff when it when it all gets said and done. Um, but it's it's MMA. I mean, like all it takes is a couple good shots from you know Strickland to hurt him. And then, you know, then if you're, you know, you're hurt and you're just doing sloppy takedowns, that's not going to work. Right. You know, so um, I just look forward because, I mean, even Sean, even when he was just getting hurt, he was getting hurt by Pahea. He just kept going forward as well, you know, to the point of where he just physically couldn't. I don't see that same sort of crazy um, power coming from Jared to, to end it, even, you know, like what we saw Alex do to Israel at the end of the fight when the fight was lost and then he had the power and the the precision to win that fight. That's not going to happen in in this particular one. So um, I just think Jared just has to kind of just keep pushing the pace. And I just think that he's just got more um, for this. But I mean, if it, if it came down to a comedy battle and who can (laughs) roast who it's, it's a, it's, it's as big of a deficit as there could be. I mean, Sean would blow him out of the water. It wouldn't even be a competitive fight. Um, but unfortunately in this particular one, I think Jared's got all the, uh, the skills. I just think he has too many tools yeah. um, for Sean in this one. I kind of lean that same way to be honest with you, but it should be a great scrap. As you said, the final UFC fight of 2022, man, pretty wild. So listen, one of the reasons I was bummed I couldn't be there today, uh, was because I, you know, any, well, first of all, anytime you get a chance to talk to Bobby Green, you enjoy it, you know, it's going to be fun, but I really wanted to hear from Bobby Green because I know how, frustrated you know this whole situation with this positive test and uh, you know all that well you know probably was to him and I was hoping that that's the way somebody would start out you know is is to let him get it off his chest and I thought it was (laughs) pretty incredible that nobody even had to ask a question he came and he got it off his chest right away saying listen I'm not a cheater you bastard I may you know I may have made a mistake and I'll own up for that but don't you call me a cheater and and went off and I Yep. Epic rant, epic rant, and I loved hearing it because I'll be honest with you. I mean, first of all, and Bobby said it himself. Look, they gave me six months. Think about it, six months. If they gave me six months, you know that, that you know it wasn't as bad as yeah. you know, two year, four year, all those things. I was gonna say, yeah, if you're not seeing the multiple year thing, you know they understand that there was that that, that there was something there. But you're right, Bobby didn't even sit down. Right. He literally got. He went up there. He gathered himself. He didn't even face us directly. He sort of just stared off towards the wall. Grabbed the mic, looks up a little bit, takes a big deep breath, and then boom, just went straight into it, you know? So, I mean, like, it was interesting because when uh, Bobby first arrived to the Apex, Sean was still up on the on the the, uh, the stage, and Bobby's sort of outside the window, sort of clowning around a little bit, you know, sort of runs up to the thing, he's like, ah, you know, just sort of jovial. So then for him to immediately come in there and then switch into this mode, it was like, oh my goodness, like... Mm. You could tell this guy had been carrying this on his shoulder and like he was like, before you even get a chance to ask me anything, don't lightheart anything, don't don't softball anything. I'm just gonna get this off my chest. And uh it was perfect. Yeah. I mean, it would have got asked eventually, but I think the way he did it, giving just starting right off and just saying everything he needed to was the best possible start to that. You know, then we could just ease it out a little bit from him. And, you know, to be honest. You know, I'm, I'll be the first to admit, you know, I don't keep up on all the different little storylines. So I kind of forgot what he had been dealing with. And then immediately once he started saying it, I was like, 
oh my God, that's right. You know, I was like, I forgot completely about it. And then I didn't have any idea about how badly this had been affecting him because you could see it. Bobby's one of those guys, he wears his heart on his sleeve. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, and buts about how he's feeling that day, what he thinks about you, what he thinks about this fight. And I think that's one of the the characters that's always been endearing about him is that mm-hmm. you know what you're getting with Bobby Green. That, that comes to the fight. You know what you're going to get from him. And when he comes to speak, you know what you're getting. You're going to get everything. Yep. He, he, he doesn't hold anything back. So, I mean, I love that he went out there and just bared it all. And, uh, I mean, and like you said, I love when Bobby Green comes in these things because I feel like we learn something more about him. But also, just um, it's this sport. As much as I appreciate the technicality and I appreciate the discipline and and the skill set, it's always been for me. It's the characters. The characters yes. is what really made me fall in love with this sport and make me want to work in this sport, want to you know cover the sport. And Bobby is one of these characters that I mean. He, he's better than fiction, I mean, because it's real life. But literally, when you read his story, when you hear his story, you're like, man, this shit can't be made up, man. Just the stuff that he's overcome, just everything about his life and just how he's bigger than his, his personality is just bigger than life. Um, he came in there looking sharp, but, you know, which is even better because you know what he had to go through to get to this point. You know, mm-hmm. it's just an amazing testament to um, his determination, his willpower, his his discipline to do things, and uh, I love that he still um, bears his. He's willing to bear his heart and soul to everybody up there, you know, and because uh, he's as tough as he comes. But you know, then he could turn right back around and make you feel like a softie because you're just like, how can you not end up walking away after hearing him speak and just be like, dude, I love this dude. I love right. everything that he says about it. So when it comes to characters of the sport, I mean, Bobby is, he's one of a kind man. And, you know, we talk about how teammates and other stuff have this respect for, for Sean Strickland. I think you'd be hard pressed to find a, a current UFC fighter or a past UFC fighter that doesn't have respect for what Bobby green has done over time to get to here and what he's been through and what he's done. I mean, like the dude, he's just a stud, man. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was glad he was able to get that off and, um, yeah, I mean, Bobby, Bobby green, I've never got the vibe from Bobby green that he would ever do anything to cheat That's right. uh, in this sport and try to cheat to where he is. I mean, like the dude's gotten where he has from, um, just grit and, and hard work and determination to not be stopped, man. And, uh, it's, it's inspirational to, to see what he's done. But, yeah, I mean, I love every time I see him up there. I mean, it'll never be better than the time, he, he you know, he talked about his opponent and how he was going to be coming forward and coming on his face and he wasn't going to stop, you know, the greatest fuck up on an interview ever. That that was the greatest thing ever. Um, and I'll love him forever for that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, um, uh, I, I just I, I'm so grateful that we're still able to see Bobby uh, up there doing what he does at such a high level. Um, because the cat, he deserves it, man. He, he really, really does deserve, he deserves good things. I agree. I agree. And, and, and he's just a hell of a fighter. He's fun to watch fight, but Bobby, you know, yeah. all the things you said, he had a, he had a great gym today too. And it actually was Nate Diaz's great gym. Right. But he, he said, look, he was hanging out with Nate and Nate gave me this advice, tell your story or they'll tell it for you. And I was like, dude, that is so spot on. Like you have to grab control of telling your narrative and making people understanding where you come from and what's important to you and and what you're doing because otherwise somebody else is going to tell it and then they're the ones that get to lay it out there and I thought that was such a great little piece of advice from Nate Diaz and, and yep. to hear it through Bob Green pretty cool stuff 
Bobby loves his weed, man. When he started talking about all his blunts and all that shit, I was like, oh, my God. I would tap out like halfway, I think, through the first blunt. And he's like, oh, man, we're going to have like three blunts here. Then we're going to work out. And then we're going to get blah, blah, blah. So then you're about 15 grams. I was just like, oh, my God. I started getting, I started feeling like the last time I bought weed from the dispensary over here where I had the joint. And I was like, oh, man, I feel like I got to put this out. And I was like, I'm way too high and awkward. And then I was thinking about it. Like, I think I could probably hang with Bobby for, like, maybe 10 minutes before I'd have to tap out. Uh, but, yeah, just hearing him talk about that, I was like, I hope you haven't done – I hope that wasn't your workout routine today. Oh, <laughs> so great. But uh, I, how can you not love Bobby Green, man? How can, I, I was just, I was, I was loving it. But, yeah, when he was starting talking about weed, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm, get, I'm getting heat flashes thinking about as much weed as this dude likes to smoke. <laughs> And what and what was Alan doing in there saying that he was trying to take him up on a weed smoking challenge? What is, what, what are we doing I, I in there? I had no I had no idea Alan likes weed so much. Uh <laughs> but yeah, he was like he's like I'll I'll go toe to toe. What about journalists? I was like, "Oh man, is he challenging Bobby Green to smoke weed like famous, a weed off or whatever last I was like, words?" I was like, "Bro, you're going to lose. You're going to lose." I like how Bobby tried. He's like, "No, nah, I ain't going to do bongs. No blah 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 blah." I was like, okay, yeah, because bongs can fuck you up. Uh, but just like when he was talking about uh, blunts and blah, 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 three and a half grams, I was like, dude, you're fucking nuts. <laughs> like, Hilarious. You're crazy. Hilarious. Yeah. All right, well, listen, uh, two uh, two interviews that weren't quite as colorful as that, but that make up one hell of a co-main event, Armin Sharukin and Demir Ichmogulov. Man, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Armin, I respect Armin. He's doing his best. He's been doing it the last couple times where he's trying to do everything in English, and, and so I respect that. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's it's good. It helps you get across to the audience a little better. But put all that aside, uh, dude, these two dudes are studs. This is one hell of a co-main event. And uh, I, this, this card this card is sneaky good, man. I mean, you, you got that in there, which, I, I, you know, Armin Sarukin and Demir Zmogulov is like Ilya Tapuria versus Bryce Mitchell last week, where I think – that's like the hardcore fan main event. You know what I mean? The casuals might not yeah. know, but the hardcores cannot wait for that fight. Yeah. I mean, outside of like the Drew Dober, Bobby Green one, which I that's the one that I think for me, yeah. that, that fight stole my heart. Like, I mean, besides the main event, that's the one I'm most uh, really looking forward to because I think that one's just going to be absolutely crazy. Yeah, this is – I mean, this is the one. Um, and maybe it's just that, you know, I did appreciate that it was trying to, to speak English. There was a couple little rough patches in there right. at the beginning, um, but he got through it, you know. But, yeah, both these guys are absolute studs. I mean, like, Demir's, like, on what, like a ninth – like, some what, – what's his win streak? Yeah, 19 wins. 19 crazy. motherfucking win streaks. It's crazy. Like, like it's, it's crazy. And the dude's 31 years old. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think this fight, uh, you know, it's certainly – Certainly, you know, when it comes to top 10 of that division, I mean, like this is, you know, clearly trying to state like who's who deserves to be in the top 10. Well, actually, both of them pretty much deserve to be in the top 10. But I mean, it's definitely stamping their 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 passport for the, you know, guys that should be in the running when you start talking about next contender shots or, you know, depending on how these fight works out. Um, and a lot of people think that that last fight with Armin, you know, against Mataj, you know, mm -hmm. that that could have went the other way Absolutely. and i know he certainly felt that way i picked uh <laughs> on that one so i was happy it went that way but i remember a lot of people were like oh i'm not so sure you know so he could be coming in here on a crazy win streak himself you know so yeah i mean both these guys are really really great um i i think this is definitely a perfect card for them to kind of showcase themselves yep. and maybe uh, put their name out there in, in front of more american fans which is i think what these guys want to do they want to reach these other markets um but yeah, I mean this this fight should be absolute absolute just 
craziness, um, fist flying, and somebody's somebody's gonna. I mean, if it doesn't go to a decision, I I mean, this clearly this fight has a potential. One of these guys knocking the other uh, the other one out, so it should it should be good. But yeah, I mean, if I had to pick my personal favorite of the night, it, it's the Dober and Green fight. I mean, uh, but you're right. I mean, it's sort of like a sneaky card. There's a lot of names that maybe aren't. Um, you know, household names, but these are certainly cats when it comes to skill set are definitely worthwhile to be household names. Um, you know, and that goes to like the next fight, you know, Amir Albazi against Alessandro Costa. This is the guy I had to look up. I was like, why do I know Costa's name? This is the Costa that came off the contender series where everybody remembers the season one and it was the Joe Pfeiffer show. Right. This was the guy that he headlined that 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 night uh well no no i guess piper did uh this was the guy that went to the first because i remember uh, sometimes topology switches it for i forgot piper ended the night um this guy started and he got a win but this is when the dana was like well you got to show me something you know you have to you know you can't coast you know and he was kind of in that little weird mood but this guy went after that immediately got some crazy knockout in his fight when he let but he did get the knot and then immediately he's right back in here getting a shot you know, and not only that, he's getting a shot on the third fight down from the, you know, from the top of the show, you know, like that bodes well right there, you know? So, I mean, that's another good one, but I'm, it, it, you're right in the sense that this is a sneaky, good card um, that just maybe doesn't have a lot of the household names, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna be great. I mean, uh, last week was kind of, you know, that big last big push with pay-per-views, but this fight should be a really, really good um, night of fights for us. I think it will be, and I, and I like what you said about Costa there because he went and said went and had a 12 second knockout. By the way, is is what he scored to get back into the, the UFC uh, against Amir. Crazy. It's insane. But and now he faces Albazi, who I, I've come to become a fan of Amir Albazi just because. This dude wants to fight everybody, and I actually talked to him earlier yeah. in the week, and I love. I was like, man, what did you say when you know they came with the newcomer? And he was like, bro, I'm, he's like, I'm like Habib, man. They can bring in King Kong as long as he can make 125. I don't care. I want to fight. But I like seeing that because you know a ranked guy might be like, come on, man, I'm ranked, and you're giving me a newcomer. Like I'm not gonna do that. But Amir's like, no. I'm a fighter. Fighters fight. I want to fight. So give me the fight. So I, I think this is a good one. And I, I like Abaz. He's kind of a little angry little dude. <laughs> I, I like a dude, little he, dude. And chip he on was his like, he was, he was, yeah, he was calling everybody. He's like, I want that Tim Elliott fight back and Brandon Royval and Alex Perez. And I was just like, he was, he was not mincing any words by any means. But yeah, I mean, like this guy literally, he had the, the energy level. Like he would have took multiple guys on one night. He's just like, just put a body in front of me. I want mm-hmm. to punch it. I want to punch them. I want to finish them. I want to get some money. Uh, yeah, I mean, this this should be crazy. And I think, yeah, I mean, out of this one, I mean, people are uh, going to be either saying like, wow, this guy is something or, gonna, or they're going to say, man, did, did Dana mess up not bringing this Costa kid in earlier? You know, should mm-hmm. he have got a contract? We we look at Lock, uh, Brendan Lockning where everybody's like, oh, man, should he have got a contract? You know, and he went and did great things. You know, luckily for Costi, he only had to take one fight, and then he was back into the show. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this fight could be gangbusters, um, you know, and it's just from a couple names that maybe not everybody knows, but certainly will probably after after Saturday. Yeah, no doubt about it. Bruce Leroy versus uh, Julian Arosa could be a fantastic fight as well. And, and yeah. I love – that's another guy, Alex Caceres, who I just love yeah. uh, his media day you interviews, not? you know. <laughs> he's, he's just How such a unique character. How can you not love Alex? 
He is so, so he's so wacky. I like that his hair. There was a point where he was getting he went went. Remember when he cut his hair and it was like shorter, and then I felt like we just now we've been watching it go back out as he's becoming more of like the old calm and cool Alex and the. Dude, how can you not like this kid, man? I, I love everything about him. I, I love his kung fu mentality, and I, I just love his mindset. And that's why I want to get him to, you know, I was talk, tossing him some stuff, trying to get him to talk about getting into flow state and his mindset because he's such an out there dude that I love it when he when he he, he when he opens up and and lets us into the, his mindset. I love where he goes with it. So that's why I, I wanted to make sure I tossed him a little something. I was like, tell me about the flow state. Well, well no, man, you know what? And I was going to point that out, honestly, you know, uh, and I remember that was yours for sure. That, um, that to me, that, that was probably my favorite answer of the whole thing, you know, because he's thoughtful about it. And, and just the answer that he gave about, you know, you've got to surrender to the moment to allow yourself yeah. to be in that flow. I, I, I loved it, man. I thought that was great. And you're right with, with Alex. And I think, I think everybody's figured it out by now. Like, it does you no good to ask about your, his opponent. It does no good. You know, he, he doesn't watch fights. He's not watching tape. He does. So if you're going to ask those questions, like you're not going to get anything out of him. But if you talk to him about just kind of philosophy and, and, and Zen and, and that sort of stuff, you can get some great stuff. And it just, it yeah. still amazes me, you know, been fortunate to do this as long as we have, but like Alex Caceres is one of those guys we've literally watched grow up in yeah. front of us, you know what I mean? Which is bizarre. <laughs> so amazing. I remember, uh, Alex uh, Bahunin uh, was like, oh, this is like your 20s. I thought he was saying it was his 26th fight. I was like, no, Alex is like his 30-something. He's like, no, it's like his 26th UFC fight. I was like, crazy. that is absolutely bonkers. We have literally watched this kid grow up in front of us. And I remember thinking that when, when he first got signed, because I think I was still with the UFC or it was like right at the beginning or I, I, I came on right after he got signed or whatever. But I remember thinking like, who is this young kid? He likes Kung Fu. I was like, I like everything about him. And here we are many, 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 many years later. And he's still in there doing it, man. How can you not love and, and root for Alex Caceres, man? What a good kid. It really is, man. I'm telling you, this card, man, even as, as, I, as I flip through the prelims and just look at some of the names on here, I mean, Cheyenne Velisquez versus Corey McKinnon could be a lot of fun. Jake Matthews is back against Matthew Simmelsberger. Matthews That's really, going to be a good one. Oh, man, he's coming into his own at 170, and Simmelsberger's obviously stuck. Julia Marquez can do some nasty things in there against Deron Wynn, who's anytime Deron wins in there, he's just such a weird matchup for everybody. It makes for, a, you know, a unique fight. you got Saeed Nurmagomedov against Saeed Yukov Kakramanov. That could be fireworks. That's a pick yep. as well. Well, that could be – Rafa Garcia against Mahashate is here. Uh, I mean, it's just – dude, David Dvorak and Menel Cop, two ranked flyweights down there on the prelim. That's the second fight. On? The second, his second fight of the night. What the hell? It's, it's, it's going to be a really – I mean, you know, say what you want about, you know, different cards. But, yeah, I mean, to be the end show of the year, this is going to be a good – night of fights and i know you won't uh be there since you'll be off doing whatever i have sort of tried to you'll get a kick out. i did try to start to plant the seed of uh ufc pr bringing beer since it's last the event of the year i was like i was like remember when you guys used to last event of the year you'd bring us beers and blah 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 and nobby just kind of like well i'll be sure to tell tara that i was like no you won't but i was like but i will next time i see her i'm gonna like i'm gonna plant that as much as i can bring us some howler head Bring us whatever. I was like, come on, last event of the year. Bring us some beer. So I we'll love see. It. I love that you're just, just out there just asking for it. Not just hoping for it. I'm just asking it. for it. I, I just, mean, I'm just asking for it. I dig okay, it, man. Whatever. 
Yeah, I will not be there on Saturday, but I will certainly be tuning in. I'm actually flying early in the morning. My family is coming with me, uh, wife and kid. We're all heading out to Atlantic City for CFFC on Friday night, so be sure and tune into that on UFC Fight Pass if you can on Friday evening. We always appreciate the viewership. Uh, CM Punk will be there, but then I'm going to hang out. We're all the whole CFSC crew is going to spend an extra night in Atlantic City and uh, go have kind of like a, a dinner together and, and watch the fights. I think it's going to be a phenomenal fight card. So uh, kind of a fun little weekend, like I said, bringing my, my wife and kid with me out there as well. So kind of have a little little celebration. Everybody's going to have their families and because, uh, you know, the, most of the CFSC crew is up from that part of the woods. So uh, I don't know. Looking forward to a, 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 a fun weekend with the CFSC crew, man. It's been a, been a good year with those guys. Yeah, man. You've been balling out this year with them. Might as well end on a bang. That's what I'm saying. And by the way, <laughs> it's it's not even our ending. We do have Fury Grappling on December 30th. So if you want to go ahead and mark your calendars there, it was announced earlier today. <laughs> uh, Chase Hooper and Clay Guida is in the main event. No, actually, the main event still to be oh. announced. But, but Chase Hooper and Clay okay. Guida is going to be on there. So I'm looking forward to that one. Wow. That's awesome. Guida can't get enough of that shit. Dude, he's – I'm telling – <laughs> he's he's, he's uh, like he, on every show. He's our first uh, Fury Grappling Hall of Famer, bro. He's on like every show, man. But I, I, <laughs> but I love having Clay out there because man, the energy. I'm telling you, the energy around those grappling shows is so fun, especially when we have all these UFC guys on. I mean, it's fun no matter what because I love submission grappling and we've got some great grapplers that, that are on there. But when you have all the UFC guys, it's so much fun because it's all these guys and girls that we know and that we work around. But normally when we interact with them. It's right before an MMA fight, and they're cutting a ton yeah. of weight, and 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 there's just a different kind of nervous energy around, you know, going into an MMA fight. We're here a grappling match. Yes, they're all competitive. Yes, they all want to win, but there's there's not that. Hey, dude, I could get knocked out tomorrow in front of thousands of people. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, we're going in there compete. We're gonna see. I don't. I don't it's everybody's more relaxed. It's a. It's just a fun energy, man. So it's gonna be a, a great way to wrap up the year. Yeah, I love it. I, and I love the fact that, you know, the UFC d doesn't try to stop fighters from doing that sort of thing. You know, they remember when, you know, you couldn't cowboy couldn't go uh, jet skiing or they would be like, no, don't go do this. Don't go to this. Now you got guys actually competing in the sport where you actually could actually hurt yourselves. And they're just like, no, nah, go do your thing. You know, uh, and I love it. And you're right. You're absolutely right. Like the fighters love it. They love to be able to do compete in something. And they're also doing something where they're not getting punched in the face. And they're, and they're just having a good time, and they're making a little bit of cheese. So, you know, I love it. I love it. And, and you, guys do a good, you guys do a good job with that. You know, like I, I find those shows pretty entertaining to watch, so that's, that's good. So you're doing something right. No doubt about it, man. I'm looking forward to all that. So hopefully some more Fury news uh, on the horizon as well. We're looking forward to a, a big year. Did want to mention, by the way, while you were at Media Day, there was a Nevada State Athletic Commission meeting today. Um, you may have heard, you know, that James Krause and Derek Minner, their suspensions were extended. Um, I, I guess I just want to clarify for anybody that isn't necessarily following exactly long, this isn't necessarily tied directly into the betting investigation. It is, it is, but that's not really what the suspension is about as far as Nevada terms. Um, but it is interesting because what, what Nevada is saying in the investigation there, the discussion there is that, um, you know, Derek Minner willingly lied on his medical information sheet, you know, that he had an injury coming in uh, and that James Krause participated in that and was knowledgeable in that as one of his corner. It is interesting. Now, obviously, you know, Dana's comments the other day when, you, you know, he was talking about federal prison and stuff like that, like all that stuff is way more important than this. But I am kind of interested to see what happens here because 
Fighters go into fights injured all the time. Like they lie on that medical sheet all the time. Nobody's going to disclose yeah. any injuries they have. So I'm really interested to see what the commission does here because, you, you, I mean, we're, we're going to pretend like this is the first time it happened or we're going to pretend like it's never going to happen again. So I don't know. So this is – there's two things at play here, obviously the betting investigation and then obviously this. But I'm kind of – even though it, it has far less implications than, you know, uh, 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 an investigation on the wagering side, I'm just kind of curious to see what the commission's going to do here. So it's something to monitor, and I guess I just wanted to clarify that for anybody that, that understood. There's kind of two different things going on here right now. Yeah, and and I don't know because uh, obviously I'm the first to say I'm not a fucking journalist. So I don't remember this shit. What were the other two MMA guys in there for? There was Daniel uh, Compton and uh, uh, Zaleski Dos Santos. Both of those had a little something. Do do they say much about what those were, or can you refresh me on what those were about? Yeah, those those were um, uh, uh, drug tests. And so drug test. Yeah. Yeah. So that was more of the traditional stuff that we see. So traditional. Well, you know, there's another interesting because like on this particular one, they were uh, and I just thought it was kind of funny that as well on this one, they did a bunch of requests for 2023 licensing of referees and judges. And I noticed that I didn't see that uh, Douglas Crosby wasn't one of the ones in there. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe his year wasn't up or, or what the deal was. But I was looking at the different martial arts kickboxing judges boxing judges and i did not see his name in the list but um interesting i don't know i don't know i don't know if that's i don't know if this is a a complete list of the guys that they're going to use for next year or if this was just the ones that they just had for now but i just thought it was kind of odd you know because they have them all listed and, and anybody that goes in if you want to look at the nevada athletic commission they put their agendas online so this thing that I'm talking about, if you go and you go to their website and you'll see the calendar uh, for the the event that took place today, you'll see this list of all these different referees and judges. And typically, I'm sure it was nothing more than, you know, does everybody agree with these? Is everybody good? That's Motion? It. Okay, cool, yep. cool. And then it's just done. And then here we are, you know, everybody's questioning judges and the way things are going, you know. So I was wondering if I would see this guy Crosby's name in here because he was raising such a stink lately. And I didn't. Because, you know, a lot of people want to, to, to know the thought process is the reviewing of these judges and this, this, this. Here we are, the, the blanket list of these judges going forward to 2023 sometimes becomes just a line item. You guys like it? Cool, cool. Okay, let's move on after they agree. And it's like, is that the right thing to do? I mean, maybe there is some process that happens where they actually do talk about these guys and they do whatever. But it seems to me that most of those conversations probably happens only between a couple people. True. And then they just, you know, then they present the list and the rest of the commissioners are just like, okay, I trust you and let's move on. You know, it's just kind of interesting. It's kind of weird um, that just after this whole, you know, questionable judging and then here we are seeing the list of the judges for next year and I don't happen to see this guy's name in here because it just for me, it just kind of, I know this guy's been around the scene forever but I don't remember really seeing his name that often. And then to not see his name on this list, just, I don't know, just maybe posed more questions in my head as well. But, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah. it's very observant of you. And uh, listen, we've got, we'll have a couple weeks after this with no fight. So we'll have some uh, plenty of time to get into uh, some more discussions like that. In the meantime, uh, my schedule is crazy and I'm up against it <laughs> and I got to run. So I just say, uh, appreciate everybody for supporting us and listening to us through all these years. Always will say, if you want to take it up to the next level for 2023, maybe you want to help support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow for a little $3 
$5 a month, you can help support us there. I will have a and a half episode uh, this week, as always. I don't know if I'll do it Saturday night or maybe early Sunday morning before the World Cup final starts, something like that. But we'll get it done. Uh, but, you know, most of anything, I'll, I'll just say as I run off into the night, thanks for listening. <laughs> 